Have you ever heard that saying, life is hard and then you die? Life is hard a lot of the time, and it's easy other times. For the Christian, it's full of God's blessings all the time. We often talk about blessings we experience in life, but have you given much thought to what a blessing life itself is? Just the fact that you're breathing today? Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. Starting in verse 26, Paul gives the reason why he's sending Epaphroditus back home. So verse 25, I think it's necessary to send back to Epaphroditus, and you read that and it's like, you got to be kidding, Paul. You just made him out to be the most valuable person imaginable, and now you're sending him away? Why? Well, verse 26, because, here's why I'm sending him back, because he longs for you. He longs for all of you, and is, and, and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, and almost died, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. These relationships between the Philippians and Epaphroditus and Paul. A triangle of relationships is just saturated with so much love. It's hard to even keep track of all the love going back and forth. It, it, and what this does is it shows us the motive of ministry. Love. This is just underlies it all. The Philippians got this news. Epaphroditus is sick. He's, he's done. He's, he's, he's you know, sick unto death. And back then, very rarely was there any recovery. They didn't get news about his surprise recovery. So his friends back home think he's really sick or dead. And he gets to thinking, his mom and dad think he's dead. All his friends, he just thinks about their distress. And he can't stand it. He can't stand it that they're in this distress. They're in distress because they think he's in distress. He's not. He doesn't have the distress of sickness anymore because he's healed. But now he is in distress because he's distressed about thinking about them being distressed about him being distressed with illness. So you got all that? You're following it? For he sees the fact that they're distressed about him being distressed in sickness. And he's distressed about them being distressed, thinking he's distressed. And he, Paul just sits back and just sees the whole thing and says, this is stressing me out. <laughs> and so Paul says, you know, I can solve this whole thing. Just send him home, right? Solves everything. And then they'll be happy because they know that he's okay. You'll be happy because they'll be, they won't be worried anymore. And you'll be back with your friends again. And I'll be happy because everybody's happy. Now, let me ask you, from a human point of view, who comes out on the short end of this deal? I mean, the, the Philippians are longing for their friend and they get what they want, right? They get him. Epaphroditus is longing to go back home with his friend and he gets what he wants. Paul gets left alone in prison in Rome. From an earthly point of view, it seems like Paul's just getting, he's the one most in need, right? He's in prison, and he gets the worst deal. So why did he do it? Why did Paul do it? He tells us why in verse 28. Look at his motive at the end of the verse 28. That I may have less anxiety. That's why he did it, to solve his anxiety problem. He's in prison. You'd think that would be an anxiety problem. No, that's not the anxiety problem. Anxiety problem is two, seeing two, two groups of people he dearly loves being distressed. He doesn't say, hey, this will be a loss. It's going to be a big loss to me, but I'm willing to suffer it for your sake. He doesn't say that. He says, I'm doing this for my joy. For my joy. 
This is a great principle for anybody who struggles with anxiety. You struggle with anxiety in your life, one of the best cures for anxiety is to do something to make some other people happy in the Lord. And you succeed in doing that, I guarantee. Even if it costs you something very precious, like it did for Paul here, it will replace your anxiety with joy. Putting others' interests ahead of your own isn't really a sacrifice. It's a way to increase your own joy. The motive for all ministry is love for God. And if you need more love for people, turn your attention to God's love. If you want to have this kind of love that Paul and the Philippians and and Epaphroditus all had for each other, if you want that, turn your attention to God's love. Let's just look at that real quick. In verse 27, look what he says about God in that verse. He says he was ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him. Did you know that it was mercy for God to spare Epaphroditus' life? That's interesting to me because life in this world is rough. It's hard. It's painful. And it involves a lot of suffering. And yet, it is a gift from God. It is a mercy from God. Every hour, your heart keeps beating and you stay in this hard, hard, painful world. It's God's mercy. It's it's mercy. You say, why is it mercy? If I died, I'd go to heaven. It's mercy because of what Paul said in chapter 1. He longed to depart and go to heaven, but he says it's better to stay here because then I can work for the joy of and the progress in the faith of, of, of the church. As much as he wanted to go to heaven, he wanted even more to complete his earthly mission first. And so allowing him to do that was mercy from God. Staying in this life, mercy from God. So God had mercy on Epaphroditus. And then in 27, verse 27, he says, not only on him, but also on me. It's mercy on me. Why? To spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Not only was that, that recovery and healing mercy for Epaphroditus, it was mercy for Paul because Paul would have had waves of sorrow if Epaphroditus had died. And that teaches us a number of things. I mean, we could probably do a whole sermon just on that. Did you know that God is showing you mercy just by letting your loved ones continue to live? You ever think about that? He's not only showing you mercy by letting you live, He's showing you mercy by letting everybody else around you live. And it's important for us to understand that because usually we just expect that from God, right? We just expect it. We expect our loved ones to keep on living. And if one of them dies, we get angry at God. As if God is taking away something that's our right. No. No, having a, having a mom or a dad in this world or a child continue to live is not your right. That's mercy from God. It's not something He owes you. It's something He's graciously, mercifully granting you for a time. We always think the normal state of affairs should be health and safety and everything roses. And when suffering comes, we're all shocked and we panic as if something strange were happening. And we, and we say, ah, oh, I wish things would get back to normal. And then when they get back to, when the, the suffering goes away, ah, oh, it's about time. Now things are normal. No, that's backwards. Normal is suffering. First Peter 4.12. That's normal. And when, it, when suffering isn't present, that's extra reason to praise God. One other thing, real quick, worth noting on this thing is that grief over losing a loved one is actually appropriate. He says sorrow upon sorrow is what he would have had if if Epaphroditus died. That's interesting because the book of Philippians is all about joy, right? Joy, rejoice, rejoice. Chapter 3, verse 1, the very next verse. Finally, brothers, rejoice in the Lord. Chapter 4, verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Don't be anxious about anything. So all, all through the book he's saying that. 
It says it more times in this book, any other book in the Bible. And yet, still, wave upon wave of sorrow is appropriate if someone like Epaphroditus dies in your life. See, when you see the commands in the Bible to rejoice, rejoice, always rejoice, don't think that emotions of sadness and sorrow and grief are inappropriate. There are contexts when it's time to weep. Right? Now, we don't get so that our grief overwhelms our joy. We have them simultaneously. But there's still real grief. Make it your goal today to simply appreciate the gift of life. The fact that God gave you another day of that mercy and each one of your loved ones as well. Enjoy that mercy. Here's my prayer for you today. And if you want to increase your joy by loving others, pray this prayer for some of the people in your life. The prayer itself is an act of love if you mean it. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. May the Lord grant all your requests. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of Philippians, 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.